Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Daniel Hahn, and I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly of God Church, and this is our podcast. And I just want to thank you for listening today. We hope the message you're about to hear inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you see that God has a purpose for your life. And now, let's get into the message. This message today may be more for me than anybody else. You know, it's been a long month this week. <laughs> Can anybody relate to that? We've had an election. We had a storm. Even, even though we had an election, we don't know all the results yet, but we had one. We've had birthday parties this week. We've had funerals this week. And simply put, of all the weeks you've ever lived, this was one of them. It's been a lot of things this week. And it seems that we've had a number of storms. Now, when I say storms, I think we realize we're not talking about just physical storms. We have figurative storms as well as literal storms. My wife was watching one of the videos on uh, Right Now Media. And if you've not signed up for Right Now Media, all you have to do is let us know you're interested and we'll give you an invitation because it's free of charge and you have access to hundreds, thousands of videos. But she was showing me a video that Dr. Evans was preaching in Israel. And he was having a service on the Sea of Galilee. Much of Christ's ministry took place at the Sea of Galilee. Most of his miracles were basically surrounding the Sea of Galilee. But as he was sharing, something really grabbed my attention. And if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to the story in Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. One day he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. I don't know about you, probably not true for you because most of you are smarter than I am, but whenever I used to have assignments in school, a 10-page theme paper, 20-page theme paper, whatever it happened to be, maybe more, maybe less, I had to use some fillers. <laughs> you know, I had to put some things in there that just fluffed it up to make it more lengthy. And I know some of you said, well, Pastor, we're used to that. That's where your sermons are. But I had, to, I had to add to it. I see Gator's nodding his head because he, he, know, he knows what I'm talking about. Had to put some fluff. But I want to tell you something. Jesus did not have to put this in there to fill space. He didn't have to put it in there because he needed to make the Bible. Matter of fact, he says if everything he did was recorded, the world could not contain it. So he didn't need it to just fill up space. So he, it must have been for a purpose 
When we see those words in red, when he says, let us go across to the other side of the lake. He was saying, get in, fellas. We've got to get to the other side. I've got an appointment with Legion. Of course, he didn't say that, but that's what he was knew. He knew that he had an appointment on the other side of the lake. And he said, let's get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake. Now, let's continue on. So they set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid. And they marveled, saying to, him, to one another, Who then is this, that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him? So those words that were in red when he said, Let's go across the lake. How many thinks that he knew that there was a storm coming up? The disciples didn't. They didn't have a clue. Now, it must have been one of those strange times that it looked beautiful. Must have been in Florida. <laughs> you know, the, I, I, I'm a native Floridian, so I can say this. You know, I love Florida because if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes and then it's change. Amen. You know, hang in there. And, and, and the, the reality is he knew there was a storm coming. But these professional fishermen, they didn't know it. So there was, must not have been any obvious details that a storm was coming. But I want to point out something to you. He said, let's go across the lake. And he led them into a storm. Now, there's a lot of different styles of worship Some people like to worship a lot of different ways. We all have our different types of music. But see, I believe the greatest type of worship is doing what God said. Obeying God, obedience is better than sacrifice. So doing what God said is the greatest form of worship. So when he said, go get in the boat, fellas, we got to go across Galilee what did they do? They obeyed him. And he led them into a storm. When Jesus talked about building on the rock, he said, a wise man builds on the rock. And he gave them the reason why. He said, because when storms come, he did not say if they come. He said when they come. And I know some of you have been through storms 
spiritually, physically, emotionally, that were a lot worse than what we went through Thursday. Now, I'm going to say some things today that you may think that I'm belittling problems and belittling the storms. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. Because all of us think that our storm's bigger than your storm. Each one of us has got our storms. And sometimes Satan really likes to cast guilt upon us. How many knows that guilt and condemnation are two of the greatest weapons that Satan uses? If he can make you feel guilty, if he can make you feel condemned, and you say, well, wait a minute, sometimes we are guilty. That's true. But if he can make you feel condemned and feel like you're a failure, that you're nobody, that you're guilty, chances are you're not going to be a great witness for God that week. Because your storm is going to give you a bad hair day. Your storm is going to affect you. Your outreach, whatever. I was blessed this week when I went to the hospital and, and I was walking down the hall and a lady stopped and said, you look familiar. Now that usually scares me because I hate to think somebody looks like me. <laughs> but she said, you look familiar. And I said, well, I'm Pastor Strickland, Oxford Assembly of God. And she said, you're the one that does pastor's phone call. <laughs> she said, I watch it every day. She didn't know who I was. But that was a blessing. Amazing thing. Yes. It's it's amazing thing how God can do things when we don't even know it. And sometimes he may be leading you into a storm. Now, the disciples were in God's perfect will. Now you say, how do you know it's in his perfect will? Because they were doing what he told them to do. Some of you need to get over this fact of trying to figure out what you're supposed to do five years from now. Hey, there's nothing wrong with planning. I said, there's nothing wrong with planning. But you need to do what God tells you to do today. And tomorrow will take care of itself. Do what God tells you to do today and be obedient today because we're waiting to build. I think it's Tommy Barnett said that it's better to build grass huts where you are than the glass mountain mansions where you ain't. We're wanting to do something great, and we can do great things, but we can only do great things as we are obedient to God today. And he said, let's go the other side. And so they were in God's perfect will, and in that perfect will, they had to go through a storm. Now, we did not go through too much of a storm this week. But how many knows that it rained on the just and the unjust? The good and the bad. Those who were doing God's will and those that weren't. It happened. Now, I looked up the definition of a storm. And the definition of a storm seems a disturbance of the atmosphere. Now, how many thinks there's a little disturbance in the atmosphere politically? <laughs> hey, hey, I'm not playing sides. Whichever side you're on, there's a disturbance out there, Okay. 
There's a disturbance out there. There's a, there's a storm. A disturbance of the atmosphere. A serious disturbance of any elements of a disturbed or agitated state. That kind of described me. Agitated state. A sudden or violent commotion. That's the definition of a storm. And so we can have a literal storm or we can have a figurative storm. Have any of you ever been in a storm that had nothing to do with the weather? Again, one of Satan's favorite weapons is guilt and condemnation. And if he can make you think the reason you're in a storm is because you've not been obedient to God or because you've done this or you've done that. You need to realize that God may be allowing you to go through the storm. He may even be leading you into the storm. I know some of you, this might go against your theology. But again, God didn't put it in the book just to fill a page. He said, get in the boat. Let's go to the other side. Knowing that they were going to have to go through a storm. See, many of the storms of our life, we don't need to listen to those around us. Well, you don't need to listen to the enemy. You may have had been told you nothing you've done about the storm, and you may have been a totally obedient to God, and you're in a storm. And some of your best friends make you feel guilty because you're in a storm. I want to tell you, if you want to make me upset, if you really want to get me upset, is you go to one of my people in the hospital and tell them if they love God enough or if they believe God enough, they wouldn't be sick. I want to tell you, the spirit of slap comes over me. <laughs> now, now, I know God heals. I know God does miracles. But I'm going to tell you, just because somebody is going through a storm does not mean that they're being disobedient to God. Jesus may have led them into that storm. So what have we learned about the storms? Now, one of the, one, I wanted to make sure I got this point in because it's so important. One of the first things I've learned about a storm here in Florida, if Jim Cantori shows up in your neighborhood, <laughs> either evacuate or hunker down because you're in the most dangerous spot in the state. Now, for those of you who do not know who Jim Cantori is, he's the guy on the Weather Channel that's always in the midst of the storm. So if he comes to Oxford, we'll probably have the building open, but I might not be around because there's a storm coming. Just joking. But see, storms can have positive benefits. Did any of you have to go out and clean up garbage in your yard after Thursday? Any of you have any moss, dead wood? Why? Because there was a little bit of storm. And did you know that this summer we paid several thousand dollars to do what the storm did for you free? <laughs> to clean out the dead wood, to clean out the moss, 
Because, see, all of those things block the wind. And when you have a big wind, if the bigger the wind, the more it gets stopped, the bigger force that it gets. So you need to clean out all of that stuff. How many knows that sometimes some spiritual storms come to clean out some of the debris in our lives? To clean out some of the garbage in our lives? To clean out some of the stuff in our lives? To check and be able to answer the question that Jesus asked, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Because those storms clean out the debris. Did you know that that storms reveal a lot of defects? Gator, these builders, when some storms come through, it reveals a defect that was there all along. Now, a lot of times that's not true, but a lot of times the storm reveals some defects. And sometimes God allows a storm to go through you, not to expose it to the world, but to reveal it to you. Hey, you've got a weakness. You've, you've got a weakness. Some of you people, nothing wrong with this. There's a lot of people who've been here all, your, all their lives and longer. You'll get that after a while, too. Um, don't know the difference between a live oak and a water oak. Now, I don't want to get any of you environmentalists uh, booing me. But the reality is a water oak only has a lifespan of about 150 years. Some of those that you have cried tears over because it cut them down, you know the reason it cut them down? It wasn't for they needed the space. They were rotten. They were rotten. And when the storm comes through, rotten trees cause lots and lots of damage. And see, storms reveal to us our character. Storms reveal to us how strong we are. And many of the water oaks that I hate to see go down, but if you go check it out, they're hollow in the middle. They're rotten to the core. And the first time any wind of any existence, uh, any uh, strength, they're going to go over. But normally, when they're like that, they don't even go over. They split and go in both directions. So they get both cars. <laughs> huh? Okay? Get both cars. How many military people? Wasn't it great last week to have all these military people down here? Let's give them all a hand again. It was awesome. Awesome. But how many of you went through basic training? How many of you loved every minute of it? Why not? Because, see, basic training is designed to reveal your need for training. I mean, if you knew it all already, I had a classmate. I'll never forget this. We were... 
uh, in our senior year, and he was complaining about everything, about how he could not wait. He was tired of people telling him what to do. He wanted to do his own thing. And so as soon as school got out, he went and joined the Marines. <laughs> of course, after his four years was up, he got married. But what does basic training do? It's like a storm. It reveals the weaknesses. It reveals the places that we need work. That's what storms. But let me give you another truth. There's one of the stations that my wife seems to like when weather's coming through that I can't stand the guy. You say, why? Because according to him, we're going to all die tomorrow. <laughs> Most of your storms are not near as bad as you think they're going to be. But if we sit around the TV, or we sit around the table, or we sit in our study, Talking about how bad the storm is. Guess what? It's going to get worse. And worse. And worse. Because we make it bigger. And the reality is most of the things that you worried about last week. Didn't even happen. And I'm not talking about just the storm. We worry about so much and make it bigger than it really is. We make that storm so big that we'll never survive. Again, I'm not making light of the storms. I grew up in here. I know. But I can tell you that in all my life, I was out of state for three years. But other than that, I've been in Florida and I've been through only one hurricane of hurricane strength when it went over my house. I've been on the fringes of a bunch of them. But only one. I mean, you listen to the news, we get hit 14 times a day. And that's what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to think about what could happen. Don't you think that was what was going on in the minds of the disciples? Now, some of them were fishermen. They were trained. They grew up on that lake. They knew that this is a bad storm. But when they realized the storm was there, what was Jesus doing? He was asleep. Now, we know that Jesus, our God, never sleeps nor slumbers. He's always there for us. But I can tell you, there's a lot of times when you're worrying that God's not overly concerned. Because he's already taken care of it. My mother, bless her heart, she's going on to be with Jesus. But she asked me one time, said, Daryl, why? Don't you worry. I said, Mama, 
I don't need to. You worry enough for both of us. <laughs> every storm that comes up, every situation. But another thing that a storm does, a lot of times it reveals our root system. See these big old trees that you think, well, man, wind and ever blow them over. But again, these water oaks, if one blows over, what do you notice? There's no tap roots. Just a big old cluster that grows, grows next to the ground. It's not anchored. And sometimes God allows you to go through a storm to check your root system. Are you just on the surface or are you rooted in Jesus? They reveal our root system. Are we firmly rooted or are we shallow? See, storms, adversity reveal the truth. See, a lot of times they say, well, you know, that revealed something about him that wasn't there. No, it revealed the real him. And I was thinking about how fear fuels our storms. Have you noticed that? I mean, you don't have to go very far back to COVID. And I realize there's a lot of different spectrums on COVID. Everybody had their own ideas and everybody has a right to that. But fear fuels our storms. And I, as I was thinking about that, my, I thought about that term, a firestorm. And I know I'd heard the term, but I really didn't know what it was, except something that you really don't, don't want to see in a forest fire. Because what is a firestorm? A firestorm is a fire that creates its own wind system feeding upon itself. In other words, the heat gets so hot in the center that it creates almost a storm around it. Now, I can tell you as a pastor, I've seen a lot of people create their own firestorm. Pastor, you, you shouldn't have said that. I'm just being the truthful. When we feed on our fears, feed on our anxieties, feed on what we think is going to happen, when we worry, worry is like rocking in a rocking chair. It gets you nowhere. It just gives you something to do. And we fuel our own storm. Now, some of the disciples had been through storms. And they had experienced, they were fish, experienced fishermen. But they didn't see this storm coming. And they became overcome with fear. Now, it might not have been James and John, you know, that, that, they were fishermen. But I guarantee old Downing Thomas, we're going to die. Somebody 
Go wake up Jesus. They became overcome with fear. But you need to remember something in your storm. If you're a Christian, Jesus is in the same boat with you. If you're a Christian, Jesus is in the same boat. When we talk about fellowship, you know where the word came from? Being in the same boat with. Fellowship. When we're in the boat with Jesus, he's not sweating it. They were in the boat with Jesus. They should have taken notes. He was asleep during the storm. How many noticed that the wind blew a long time this week? And if it, those of you, now please, I'm not, I don't know any of you did this, but if you determined you was going to stay awake the whole time, I can give you some better advice. Go to sleep. It passes a lot faster. But probably the number one lesson from this miracle was this. And he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid. And they marvel, saying to one another, who then is this that it commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. The number one lesson is that our God is the God of the storms. Our God is the God of the storms. Psalm 55, verse 4. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. He will return the evil to my enemies, and your faithfulness put an end to them. With a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to you, your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from every trouble, and from my eye has looked and triumphed over my enemies. Now, since I read the wrong chapter, let me go to the right one. Those are good verses, though. How many thinks those were good verses? But this one says, My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overcomes me. I'm, I'm in a storm, and I say, Oh, that I have the wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter from the wage, raging wind and tempest. When the storm is raging, what do you need to do? What do you do in the natural? You run to a shelter. Run to a shelter. And of course, if you're like my wife and I, we always have an umbrella, but it's always in the car. <laughs> and we're always in the store. But we have a shelter. Psalm 107, verse 4. Some wandered in desert waste finding no way to a city to dwell in. Then drop down to verse 13. 
Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. See, that's what you do when the storm's going on. Cry out to God. And he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. Aren't you glad that God loves you in the midst of the storm? Thank God for the steadfast love, for its wondrous works to the children of man. Dropping down to verse 23 of that same chapter. It says, some went down to the sea in ships, Doing business on the great waters, they saw the deeds of the Lord. His wonders works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, they went, and they went down to the depths. Their courage melted in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men, and were at their wits' end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. They cried to the Lord in the midst of the storm, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, because God is the God of your storm. What kind of storms? Whatever storm you're going through. See, storms take on different shapes, different sizes, different things. But your storm, God is the God of the storm. Isaiah chapter 25, verse 4. For you have been a stronghold to the poor, a stronghold to the needy in his distress, a shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a storm against a wall. Aren't you glad that your God and my God, our God, is a God of the storm? Amen. Would you bow your heads in prayer? Those that are being baptized, if you want to make your way to the back. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. And God, I never want to belittle the storm. Never want to make light of the storm someone would be going through. A storm of sickness, a financial storm, an emotional storm family that's in a storm powerful storms but God you're the God of the storm you're the God of the storm that can step out on the bow of the ship of our lives in the midst of the worst storm say peace be still and God we realize storms can be beneficial they can reveal some things that we need to work on and most of all they reveal the fact that you're a God of the storms and a God that's a God of love and are concerned about each of us and there's a shelter a shelter from the storms 
Whatever it is, you're there. So Father, minister by your power. Minister by your power and your strength. God, we praise you for it. We praise you for it. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.